0: Hey guys. Hey guys. Welcome back to another episode of The Selfie Show. Where we are bringing the weekly dose of sweet and salty. I am Tori, the founder and now co-host of The Selfie Show. I am a nurse, blogger, and podcaster.
1: And I am Sam. I am a nurse, podcaster, powerlifter, and co-host of The Selfie Show. And today we have Miss Andrea, also known as the seated nurse. Mm-hmm. Freaking love her.
0: Mermaid on a wheeled throne. I'm so pumped. Unpopular opinion. hmm Okay. It's
1: football season. We get it, everyone. We get it. You love football. Unpopular opinion. Like, your whole world doesn't revolve around football.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay. Like, it's
1: it's, people make it their whole personality, identity.
0: Like, there was literally, I was watching a show the other day on Netflix, and there was um, a guy who literally created his whole basement dedicated to, like, a team sport. And it was dedicated to a football team and I just don't understand this I, I I really don't like football as a religion and like you know in a lot of areas around the country like literally like you go to Bama you got Ole Miss you got all these places oh, yeah, like yeah, it's a football. college football is well, a, the, yeah, different even level. The
1: college football versus NFL football are like whole different levels of insanity and then I just listen I like football it's actually my favorite sport
0: OK, it's a, kind of ironic because it's not my favorite sport, but I went to my college because I wanted the football experience. So I don't know, like, what I, is going on? I genuinely, it's my favorite sport to watch. Football players are the best
1: looking. Hands <laughs> down. <It's laughs> any other sport. Like, I'm a football fan, but I'm like these grown ass men that cry when their team loses. I know. And or like running, paint like, their whole bodies. Yes, like, It's, and it's absurd. Like, yeah. And then the whole like, oh, they, their team lost. Like, yeah, yeah, talk yeah. To them. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, OK, grow up. It's literally like you want to get mad at women for watching reality TV, you're watching reality
0: Or TV. like Bill's Mafia, you know, when they're okay, like I crashing. Like, <laughs> I actually like Bill's Mafia. I have a friend that lives in Buffalo. Shout out,
1: Leah. And I. they're like good fans. They always actually contribute to like charities every year uh-huh. and raise a ton of money. And I think even like last year, there was one team that was like their opponent and something i don't know what happened because i don't follow because i don't care about them <laughs> oh, my god but they actually like raise a ton of money for a football player on an opposing teams like nonprofit. yeah those mafias rad but at the same time like i don't care enough about anything i know to dedicate my whole or like people when they make it like you know they incorporate it into their like wedding
0: yeah yeah, yeah. right or, like, right, things right. Like that. yeah like, like your favorite team it has to be incorporated in the wedding yeah. or that kind of thing well okay well, you ooh. guys had actually oh. had, tori had <laughs> Tori and Jacob had U of A you cookies. Guys. Okay, first of all, wild, it's because we're wildcats. That doesn't mean football. I'm True. a Wildcat. That encompasses all things wildcat. You know, I'm bare down, by the way, Bear down. All right, we, um, oh no. But I just mean like, I don't know. I, you know, even going to like fantasy football, like <laughs> this whole we're in the fantasy football season. Like, okay, first of all, if I had to pick a team. This is how I would do it. Okay. okay. Are you ready? Yes, yes. Okay. Tori's fantasy football draft. This is how I would do it. I would literally pick it based on the uniform color. Yes. And do I like absolutely. it? Absolutely. And also, do I like your wives? Do I follow your wives? Because if, I, if uh, I follow your wife on social media and I like her, I'm definitely, absolutely, I'm snatching you up. Are you on football wife TikTok? I'm absolutely obsessed with football wife TikTok. Well, and if them. you are not on that, Juan you should absolutely 100% get on it. I, I'm obsessed with them. Juan and Chan are my they favorite. So they're fun. so she cute. She is so funny. I'm obsessed with her. Hilarious. And people don't even know she's like being sarcastic no ever. I, She's I so think funny. most people are in on it but a lot of people who don't get it you're like oh my god you need like people are literally don't understand I'm like this is you do not get that this is like satire and yeah. ultimate comedy at its finest no I
1: love the like football wives that let us kind of in like that but like make fun of it yes football wife TikTok is elite it's amazing I'm um, here for it yeah I don't know I choose my fantasy team by like how hot the players are
0: yeah there you go <laughs> like, see, literally i just like um, mm-hmm. smash mm-hmm. and then they get on my team and that's how I choose and then they're on the DL for some sort of injury or something and, I mean if I, if I injure them
1: that's not my fault uh, no I don't know I like football but this whole like okay I actually saw this post on IG on Sunday that was like NFL season rules number one do not call me on Sunday night Monday oh night God. or Thursday night <laughs> two don't ask me which game I'm most excited for it's all of them like, if there's an emergency, why are you calling me? 911 is easier to call and more likely to show up. If someone died, my console- condolences, but there is nothing I can do and there is no need for us to both be sad. Uh, number six, please see rule number one regarding my availability until Monday, February 13th, 2023.
0: And I'm like, like <laughs> and people just shut up. I just genuinely, like, okay. Like, okay. Is there anything that we like as much as football people love their football?
1: Yeah, I don't think so.
0: I, that's what I'm like. I literally can't think of anything on the top of my head. That I'm like, I am so obsessed with this that I cannot live without it. Like every year, every season, every like I genuinely on the top of my head, I'm like, I'm mm, nope can't think of anything i just I don't
1: know it's more to me when people like their team loses and they cry or they have a bad day i'm like w- yeah it's or not, like the you mood. didn't get tackled yeah. out there
0: you didn't like you're not it's not your job or like on the line the people who are criticizing on the sidelines who oh, never I play love- the sport
1: <laughs> you're like you never play the sport so how I are you no i love watching <laughs> the super bowl with guys who are just sitting there like so stressed and intense and they're like yelling out and shouting commands like their sideline coach. And I'm like, you are literally through the TV.
0: Well, half the time now it's because they're losing in fantasy football. That's
1: true. I love fantasy football. The TikTok tour. It's like, Oh my, um, this is the time of year where my husband coaches an imaginary football team. (laughs) I'm the imaginary football coach wife. It's like, I love like Oh man.
0: So I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I've, I you know what? Y'all We're going to be the most. let's be on the ser- on the personal life search of the thing that we love as much as football fans. <laughs> like what is the thing that we love that much? I don't think there is. I don't know either. Hmm. We're going to be on, you know, here my funk search. <laughs> here we go. All right, you guys, let's get into it with Andrea today. Yes, so
1: this week we have Andrea Dalzell. She is known as the Seated Nurse. She's a registered nurse, healthcare advocate, disability rights influencer, and most importantly, a survivor. She's been featured on Apple TV, Forbes, Yahoo Life, Home Care, and she is seriously got the coolest story. Andrea acquired transverse myelitis at a young age, and it stopped her ability to walk as a teenager. She's had 33
0: surgeries and has died three times. Oh, like yeah. 190 million people live with disabilities worldwide. Get ready, you guys. This is one of the most inspirational episodes that we have had to date prepare to leave this episode inspired and honestly beyond motivational. Andrea was crowned Miss Wheelchair New York in 2015 and utilized her title and platform for life liberty and the pursuit of access to promote her message and belief that people with disabilities can live a truly fulfilling life. Let's get into it you guys with Andrea. Okay. uh, Andrea, we're so excited about today. Oh my gosh. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. Okay. I have a question for you because you have such a dynamic, amazing history. You died, nearly died three times. Mm -hmm. Can we go into that? Like, What did you take away
2: from these experiences? Okay. So uh, I don't remember the first two times at all. So I can't tell you anything about them. I don't know. But the third time I can tell you a deep story, right? We're going to backtrack a little bit. I was going to be married, like right out of high school, was dating someone that was in college, was a Marine. Um, He had went overseas. And the day that I was having surgery, we had found out that he had passed. So a little bit sad on that side, but I remember, and you know, the power of the mind is, is very, very powerful. Right, so I went oh. into surgery hating life. I went into surgery not liking my anyone around me. I didn't even like the team that was there. Uh, loved my surgeon, but his residents were residents that had worked on me when I had crap insurance and was going to a crappy hospital. And then they show up in the OR, and I literally start hyperventilating while I'm on the table, like about to be put to sleep. Oh, so. God. And I remember, and, and the anesthesiologist is talking to me and he's like, every surgeon needs an assistant. And I'm like, but not him. I'm
0: like, Yeah, anybody and but him.
2: Anybody but him. And I'm fighting because I'm feeling the propofol like act, right? I'm feeling my body starting to slip. And they're trying to calm me down from this anxiety that they think is just for surgery, but it's literally because this person is in the room. And I'm like, I need to, I don't know how to like, get away from it. I wake up from surgery and he's the first person I see. And I, I look at the nurse and I'm like, tell me he wasn't in, tell me he wasn't in the room. Tell me he wasn't in the room. And she was like, he wasn't in the room. And I'm like, are you lying to me? You're lying to me. He was in the room. My mother walks in, you know, uh, pack you. She walks in and she looks at me. She's like, he wasn't in the room. And I was already dealing with so much just mentally that I was just like, okay. And she said that I started to mumble my words. Like I wasn't speaking coherently. And then all of a sudden I flatlined. Uh I remember feeling the chest rubs. I remember hearing like the team around me, but I, I just was like, I don't want to be here. Like I, this can't be happening right now. And my mom said that I woke up while I was in CT. I don't remember that part. Came out of CT. I had flatlined again and they got me back. But what I remember the second time getting me back was just hearing like this voice saying you this is not your time you do not belong here not because I'm gone you can't live and remember you're a mermaid on land like I remember hearing distinctly you're a mermaid on land because that used to be the one thing that caught me down when I was having anxiety with my disability so I woke like up and the, I, I'm right <laughs> my hair
1: is sticking like yeah. straight up off of my arms wow. that do they know what the cause of like you flatlining was they have
2: no Do idea I didn't like, have monitors still. I was still on monitors. they have they they were just like my heart rate shot up, and then all of a sudden it was dead. It was like flatline.
1: I like genuinely believe in the like psychology of just when your brain That's says, stressed. "I'm done, you're done." Mm-hmm. Yeah. sometimes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. and that day, I was done. It was like back-to-back oh, things right. happening. I may not have emotionally accepted it all, but my body was just like, done. I'm out yeah I was like I can't even believe you
1: so you gave the PACU nurses the story of their entire career lifetime I know that they literally like (laughs) yeah have never like never that is like a PACU absolute nightmare oh my
2: gosh fresh out of surgery to have your 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 patient literally just de-sat right in front of you yeah (laughs) but I remember speaking to my mom I remember like are you telling me he wasn't in the room and she's And I'm just like mumbling and I thought I was speaking coherently. My mom was like, you are not speaking (laughs) coherently.
1: So what do you kind of like remember finally, like coming out of like all of that?
2: I just remember sleeping a lot. Uh, I went up to the, the room. I remember sleeping a lot. I remember being one of the meanest patients possibly in my entire lifetime. Like I remember just people coming in the room and I was just like, get out Mm. I remember doctors coming in and saying you know why are you crying I didn't tell them that I had just lost someone um I don't even think my mom did it was just more along the lines of they thought that I was mentally going batshit crazy (laughs) I don't even know if I can curse here but yes I was going batshit crazy and they were like (laughs) (laughs) they're like I'm going crazy she needs a psych consult she's crying every minute like it's not i wasn't complaining of pain or anything they just thought that i was going crazy
1: without going through your own surgery and stuff even just going through like a loss in general is enough to make someone batshit crazy without dealing with their own surgeries and health so to have that all at once is like giving me heartburn right now like just hearing this story like i'm getting anxiety
0: it's it's (sighs) just insane it's a lot to go through in one spot i mean I i would imagine that your body at that point was just
2: so in shock
0: you know, it was I mean, just,
2: that's it was yeah. a moment in time that that altered ultimately shifted the course or the trajectory of where my life was going. Because when I think about it today, I'm like, I would have been married with kids, I would have been a house, would I've been like loving life. Like would I be loving life the way I'm loving it right now? So Isn't this has been over ten how, years now.
0: Yeah. It's crazy how life has a way of throwing you the craziest wrenches and oh looking back on it sometimes you're like maybe that was you know just how it lined up and the way that the projection is supposed to go it's It's weird because I hate
1: like toxic
0: positivity bullshit where it's like
1: well everything happens for a reason and aren't you glad like people say shit like that to me and I'm Mm -hmm. like no that was still fucking awful like I'm not glad that it happened that way but in this also weird sense like I'm insanely peaceful with like where my life is at because I was like engaged and stuff like so yeah. I kind of yeah. get when you like pictured your life to be one way like I really thought I would be a housewife with kids by now mm-hmm. too and it's like not yeah. the case mm-hmm. it's, but it's like I'm happy right now but it doesn't mean that didn't suck so it's like oh it sucks where it's like you can have both it's like you can give <laughs> space for both things without it having to be like aren't you just so glad that everything happens for a reason like no I fucking died mm-hmm. and we're, like yeah. was in the hospital yeah. and had surgery and lost someone i love like no that shit sucked but right. i was still able to like be push through push through and become happy it doesn't mm. mean like yeah it's just weird how like people want to make it an either or or sometimes. when you lose
0: someone you know and you know the first thing they go to is you know well they're in a better, better place and it's like oh well,
1: well that's great but i don't that's want them oh, yeah. in a better place i want them right. here, I oh, want them here. here. Like, yeah right now right. Yeah. right like right. cool but that doesn't yeah. mean that i don't want them yeah, <laughs> I, think, yeah. I don't know i feel mm. like We always try to like it's good like to see the positives but let's like acknowledge that sometimes things are shitty
2: i don't know if you guys remember like in nursing school they used to talk about like the things that you should and shouldn't say to patients and saying things like this sucks was one of those things that you shouldn't say and i'm like no you say this to the patient
1: (laughs) yes honestly i feel like that was like the worst outdated curriculum (laughs) ever and then when I went on to yeah. teach nursing school I feel oh, like God. I was the only one that was like kind of I don't know I'm every, you can be a little
0: more raw and real semester I was like this is it I'm then, gonna get fired
1: like I would say yeah. something in my lecture and I'm like all right that's it I'm totally gonna hear from <laughs> so the dean gonna tomorrow. HR
0: HR is getting <laughs> but I a. would like tell them
1: things because well I taught peds too and I'm like yeah, yeah. the worst thing you could ever do to a parent because there's a whole chapter on grief and dying and children I'm like mm-hmm. to ever tell a parent that like Oh, they're in a better place. Or at least you still have two other kids to live for. I'm like, if you ever say anything like that, like you need, you fail my class. Like you need to be out of (laughs) here. Please don't ever go into PEDS, but don't even do that in the adult world either. But I'm like, yeah, in nursing school, I feel like they teach you these things where I'm like, no, I think that, and then, you know, I've been in the hospital myself and had surgery and stuff. Like I would want someone to just be a real human. Right. Like, like, we're not robots or doctor. Yeah. yeah. So don't like fake and sugarcoat it. It's okay to be like, this really sucks. I think going
0: our for. industry or our profession as a whole has really gotten scared, right. Of things that we're going to say, are we going to say too much? Are they going to, are potentially they going to take that the wrong way? And then, but it's interesting because some of the moments where I've been the most honest, the most raw, the most real with families have been some of the best moments. Mm-hmm. And I've yeah. translated, honestly, an even better care. And I feel like it's hard to do sometimes. And I feel like we're also in this society where everyone wants, like, picture perfect. You want, like, you know, sugar on top. And that's just not the case. Not- and I think actually people really like the
2: raw and the real. They do. I mean, not to get political, but look at who wins elections. No, the ones that it. are raw <laughs> and real are going to win elections. And the ones that are going to sugarcoat and kind of, like, gloss over things are the ones that everyone's like, are you BSing mm-hmm. me?
0: Like, I'd rather,
2: just, I'd rather just take it as real as it's going to get and then rip the Band-Aid. I'm the Rip the Band-Aid girl. Rip the we Band-Aid. We like to Rip the Band-Aid.
0: <laughs> Maybe along those lines, we got to yeah, start with yeah. the question. Let's go. What, Miss Andrea, is your unpopular
2: opinion? My unpopular opinion? Oh, my God. People are going to hate me for this one. Oh, oh let's go. <laughs> <it. Let's> go. <laughs> Healthcare is way overrated, and I don't understand why the heck that, like, nursing was even, like, where we were at in Typed. 2020 like i this yeah. is i'm at that point now i'm at that point forever and i'm a person with a disability who fought to be a nursing and i'm like this is Ooh, this I is like not this. yeah no bogus wait yeah. <laughs> it is
1: a scam it's um, it a, in- <laughs> <laughs> a scam it reminds it's
0: me
1: a of scam. tiktok <laughs> that's like what's something that's like oh, been so, so normalized, normalized that's actually a scam yeah. i'm like nursing <laughs> nursing
2: <laughs> being a nurse overrated at
1: a bar last night and like some 25 year old hit (laughs) on me oh here we go and i was like i'm like a decade older than you and he's like (laughs) oh you're a cougar i like that and i was like and you're doing so well you were done but i think he had like no idea how old he was because he was like tried to like stop and talk to me he's like i'm like you know i got a good job i'm like i got a good job bro like
0: (laughs) That's a good job you weren't complimented by a 25 year old hitting on you i think i at this point i'd be like give me a cougar Mm -hmm. and then he said i was
1: 36 he's like you're a cougar and i was like absolutely not but like then i was like like i don't care care (laughs) that you have a good job like i have my own good job and he's like well what do you do and i was like i'm a nurse and then his friend immediately pops up oh so she's saying she's rich and i'm like
2: this is like oh all of you it's a scam it's
1: a scam and that's my point i'm like okay because like i've seen like the stand-up comedian Have you seen this clip? It was going around on Instagram. It was a stand up comedian where it was like, What do you do for a living? And the guy was like, Oh, like nothing. And he's like, What does your partner do? And it was like, Oh, she's a travel nurse. And he's like, Oh, "Oh, so you are like a sugar bait. Like you are living. I'm like, I don't know. Through the pandemic, too, I think, and because of travel nursing, people got this idea that like we're just rolling. And it's like, Nah, we're working so much fucking overtime. To like just to make ends meet yeah.
0: <laughs> just to be my- right I want to hear Andrea about your your background and your beginnings in terms of nursing like so where did all this start for you because you obviously you pushed to become a nurse but yeah. like let's
2: hear the backstory let's get into that so I never actually wanted to be a nurse I wanted to be a doctor right so there's that I never wanted to be a nurse actually even before uh being a doctor I wanted to be a lawyer and I remember telling my doctors as a kid that I was going to come back and sue them for all the pain that they ever put me through I love point blank you period so much. like like every time you had to poke prod me ask for labs two hours after the first set like i i marked it down like i had notes and the residents came in the room and they wanted to do something i was like no where's your attending can't don't touch me like if you make pain happen i'm coming back to sue you what's your name like i'm the one that kept my discharge notes with the documentation of the nurses and the doctors because i was coming back for all of them how old were you when you were doing this this was like 12. Like, I was 12 years old. 12, 13, 14. Wow. Like, yeah, I'm queen coming after all of you. Queen. Mm-hmm. Very. Graduated. My doctor went to my graduation with his NP and they wrote in my memory book, please anything but a lawyer. I think they knew that I was like very serious about it. And They're like, I said- She's
1: got our documentation for years. <laughs> don't, don't let her into law all of their training.
2: notes, all of, you know, all of their transcribed notes, anything that they said that was just- just gross i was like circle
1: charting like like oh shit she's, she's, <laughs> she's
2: <not into laughs> probably i mean i've had really? i've had my share so who knows
1: so did you have to request your like medical records back then because i feel like back yes know, probably all, like yeah. paper charting it's shit. all
2: paper like i had binders yeah. of just paper for everything How did
1: you wow. even like read that wow
2: oh i, I did it my actually, mom did
0: curious, like <laughs> I, what I what that. inspired you to do that? Because you were at a, it was a young age. Like what? How did you know to, to just, take was such it, like, control? It, yeah. Your, how did you know
2: to do that? Your healthcare. Thankfully, that was all of my mom. So my mom, it, my mom and dad are, are first time immigrants to America, and they really believed in like keeping record of everything. So I mean, like every bill had a name and time and who they spoke to. You know, when I got. I have transverse myelitis which is what left me in a wheelchair my parents had no idea how to deal with the healthcare system here so they they literally documented and dated everything who they spoke to who saw me you know which hospital was i at for what what treatments did i go for so that every time they went to a new doctor or they got a referral somewhere else they would bring all of these papers and say this is what they told us uh and then my parents were like very adamant on me learning that they were like you have to know it you have to know everyone's name you need to know who you spoke to, when you spoke to so them, smart, and and that helped with insurance. Like, my mom navigated insurance for me as a kid, so it helped with that. She was like, That's no, I know who I spoke scam. to. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole scam. Everything's a scam in, oh, and one yeah, cares." Yeah, like, so thankfully yeah. for them, you know, being first-time immigrants here, they were like, okay, very meticulous in what they know and who they know, and their yeah. daughter had to be that way, and that was me. How much do
1: you think that, like, going into nursing gave you such an advantage, too, though, where you're just like?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So that's what I was saying, right? Going back and wanting to be a doctor was like, I'm never going to look at someone like they're just a diagnosis. I can never go into a room and tell someone they can never or will never do something again. And I hated auditing medical school classes. Like, I'm not going to be a doctor. This isn't for me. And then I remember all the doctors that spoke to me. And I was like, there's only maybe a handful of doctors that I actually liked ever seeing or wanted to go back and see. And I was just like, I don't want to be that doctor either. So a nurse said to me, well, if you can't beat them, join them on the other side. And she said, there's two different models, the medical model and the nursing model. She said, you'll probably like the nursing model more. And I was like, okay, I never saw a nurse in a wheelchair. Fine, whatever. Took the test and waited a year to apply. And then when I applied, I was like, I'm in. And I'm like, okay, here we go. I didn't even think that I would be a nurse until, uh, the, one of the people from nursing school came up to me and told me that, uh, I wouldn't be able to be a nurse in a chair and telling me no is like lighting. Know. Oh, oh, they, they've told me something. I have emails. I still have emails from those days where I was just like, now I you can't need not go believe. back and be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> you you go, should, um, Right. <laughs> Yeah, I thought about it. It's yeah. too much reading. Yeah. You know how many textbooks yeah. we read in school? No, thank you. Oh, I,
0: know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I always want to be a lawyer, too. But... You
0: would be a good lawyer.
1: So, like, we what would just would argue. Do? When they, like, told you. That's, yeah. like, I, well, the reason I didn't want to be a lawyer. Once I found out it wasn't only getting to be in trial, I was like, oh, it's all paperwork? Never mind. <laughs> like, like, I want to literally yeah. just argue, but that's yeah. not possible. So, like, when they, like, the emails you're talking about and stuff, like, what type of, like, barriers were they trying to tell you or roadblocks or no like what was their reasoning
2: so I love to talk about this now is where we think about the job description of what nursing is you have to stand for 12 hours a day you have to be able to run you You have to be able to lift where where is that and then why in nursing school are we making nursing students apply like it's a job like this is not a job. This is this is education. Yeah, like You have
1: to have a CNA experience or be an EMT mm. or have this many volunteer hours. It's like a point system. And it's at some schools. It's
2: bullshit for what It is, Again, there's a the scam showing its head again. It's like you don't need any of that. And you're telling me that I have to be able to stand when I can perfectly sit down for 12 hours. On an air cushion, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just yeah. that was that was their barrier for me. Their barriers, you you have to be structured to what this job description is, in an educational setting. And I was just like, I don't have to be. That's not what the ADA says. You have to be able to make accommodations. And what they were like, oh, we can't make accommodations like that. Why not? Who who says we cannot? Yeah, Evidence based practice. Evidence based practice says you're an infection risk. Where? Show me the documentation. Never. They they can't. They cannot show it because there is no studies for that. So I used to I used to argue all the time. I argued. That was my lawyer days. I argued to stay in nursing school. <laughs> I still think you should kind of yeah, that. absolutely. But yeah, why yeah.
1: is it that nursing school is only tailored to teach you how to literally be a bedside nurse in patient care? Yeah and basically right. almost just... doesn't even a teach you that. Nurse. It doesn't even teach
2: right. you that. Yeah, it true. teaches, yeah, you, to it yeah. It yeah, teaches you to pass yeah. NCLEX. The way, the NCLEX a, it teaches you to pass NCLEX. The perfect world. Oh, that. big time. Big just.
0: Big <sighs> Did you know, actually, we just discovered this, that Australia, they don't even have, like, there's no such thing as the NCLEX. Like, you literally, you pass... If
2: you graduate, if you graduate nursing from school, nursing school, you apply, you apply for your, your license.
0: license and that's it. Like, there's no such thing as, like, NCLEX. That
2: would make sense, though, because we have so much on-the-job training that nursing school well, is, is de- literally is your
1: degree not saying that this is enough right. <laughs> like if the university is saying or college or whatever is saying you've met all the criteria to pass and graduate nursing school is that well, not enough but i just think from even someone who taught nursing school and i would tell my nursing students again i'm like this is where i'm gonna get fired but
0: <laughs> you, you don't have you. to
1: ever even work in a hospital
0: you don't like yeah.
1: My first name is like, I want to get to know you guys. Tell me if you're interested in peds, but tell me what you want to do. And if you don't have any desire to ever, if you want to go straight into aesthetics, if you want to go straight into yeah. like pharmaceutical, like I don't. Do whatever you want with your degree, but why do we act like it's only for patient care? The
0: interesting part, too, is because we've had, actually, nurses on who never actually went into bedside, and they went straight into entrepreneurship, like, there's just a lot of, there's so many things out there. Yeah, I don't know, the whole, Well, now I get people
1: that go, oh, so you're not a nurse anymore because I started in med device sales this year. But I'm like, no, I literally like have RN as part of my job requirement to Mm -hmm. apply because I'm doing the education. But even if I was like, no, I still have a nursing license. I'm working in healthcare. I'm on the different end, but everyone's like oh my gosh so you're you're not a nurse anymore i'm like w- why do we have that like because mindset?
2: we associate nurses for all the sitcoms and all the tv shows that were just there to assist the doctor we just have to be at the bedside not that we're actually doing the informatics behind it not that we're actually you know doing the the data analysis behind all of that or the research or how to to become Better with devices or inpatient care. Like there's so there's a whole different world of nursing that does not pertain right. to the hospital that's never shown anywhere, and that's where I talk about representation matters.
0: <laughs> yep, absolutely. Let's go back to this because I in your beginnings as a nurse, so you were the yep. first nurse in a wheelchair in New York, which it that kind of blows my that mind. That kind of
1: makes sense to me if you said like. Some random state in the Midwest, totally. But I feel like New York, York? California, we're a little on the up and up with like diversity and representation. So I'm actually kind of yeah surprised by
2: that. But yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, where do we start? New York (laughs) is. I, okay. California, New York. So we, we, we literally dominate the United States. Uh, anybody who's listening, yeah. we do. Come on. We, we, we literally add the <laughs> most to the GDP. <laughs> yeah. Like we add the most of the GDP. So I don't want to save it. <laughs> uh, when you really think about like, like nursing in whole, you would think that all of these nursing programs that are in these predominantly wealthy states, you would think that they would be able to accommodate for anyone. But that's not the case. Right. Again, they're going based off of this assumption that you have to meet these requirements. You have to be able to lift. You have to be able to stand. You have to be able to do everything. So there were people, students that went into these programs before me who had hard of hearing issues, who had limb differences that wouldn't be able to make it through the program because they were so strict on sticking to the requirements. And you don't know how to fight it or you just take their nose for an answer. And my no was never left up to somebody else. Like my nose are my nose. So if you're telling me no, I'm going to find someone else to give me the yes that I'm looking for. And my yes always lives within the ADA. So I'm going to go find the ADA. What does it talk about in AD- education? How do I get to fight this? And then you're telling me I can't do it. Hold on a second. Let me find out where it says that I can. <laughs> and go back to them and say, let me let me do this. And I used to talk to everyone. I think my research for school and then my research just to stay in school was equivalent in the amount of hours. So being the first, yeah, but it was being the first and also fighting my way through every single semester, talking to every single clinical professor on top of nurse manager on the floor who thought that I would be unsafe dealing with patients or even patients who just couldn't believe for a moment that. I can be a nurse in a chair taking care of them. And then at the end of it all, they'll be like, I was the best nurse they ever had. Yep.
1: Because yeah. We come in with those like preconceived judgments mm-hmm. that aren't even informed. Absolutely. W- did you ever have someone in nursing school actually like be that cheerleader for you that was like, I'm glad to see you here. Like, mm. I, I want to see you succeed. Did you <laughs> ever have that?
2: My peers, my cohort was okay, very tight. Awesome. My news. my cohort was very, very tight. We started with like 115. We ended at about 60. But about right. that 60 that we started, we were always close. And whenever m- my last semester I was in maternity and I was failing. Everyone's passing and I'm the only one failing. And every single person was like... The worst class. It is.
0: <laughs> Just saying.
2: Uh, totally that was deal. the w- that was the make or break me class. That was the class that was like I I had failed pharmacology before. You know you can only fail one. That was so OB was the make or break it, and I was already failing two two exams in. And they were like, you have to drop, you have to drop this class. If not, you're going to fail out of the whole program. And I'm like, I'm not dropping. And that's when my cohort and upperclassmen literally studied with me nonstop. Like they figured out exactly what I needed to get for the final. And it was nonstop studying for three weeks. And it was because of them that I passed and I give them that credit because it was not up to me. I, I was going to listen to them telling me to drop. And my cohort's like, absolutely not. It's 150 questions. You need an 81. You'll be fine.
1: <laughs> I, there's nothing like nursing school friends yeah, that are like right. just the ones those, that like, you, that were there. It just oh. makes me sad that there wasn't any one in a admit like, in like, faculty i don't know where faculty role or anywhere that was like i would be so excited to see a student coming in that wants to be yeah, one that absolutely. wants to be there and yeah. that is saying hey yeah. like let me show you guys how fucking awesome i am i would be so stoked to support and mentor someone like that it's just like nursing school bums me out i'm yeah. like we just Suck. like there needs it's to the be it's the scam <laughs> it yeah. is though rem- it's just yeah. a bummer the type of people and then people like me that go into it leave because we get burnt out with the bullshit and i just
0: it's yeah i mean i feel like you were she was swamped so much with just the amount of paperwork and like the amount of grading and then the way they structure the classes it's just it's overwhelming and i it's no we wonder that all of these nurses who we would want to teach you know you're basically chasing them away because you know why are you going to go you may as well go make money doing a job that you're making triple or whatever and mm-hmm. you have more freedom in your life and you know why are we going to go back and teach like it's it's there's no incentive like what's where's the incentive
1: well especially when it's like upper faculty i don't know it's just a, a bummer because I well, those feel emails like even when i graduated
2: different. even when i graduated even when i got through clinicals even when i proved the point and i was having this issue of finding placement finding a job after it I was getting emails. I would reach out to all my professors who were like, oh yeah, we work here or we do this. Email them to say, I'm struggling trying to find placement. You know what I'm able to do. Can you help me? And I'll get emails back saying like, nursing is too physically demanding. Maybe you should look for a desk job. And I'm like, I don't want to work five days a week, 10 hour shifts. Like I'd rather work three days, 12 hours. That works for me. It works for my disability. I can recover. I can figure out how to rearrange my schedule. Like I can sit for 18 hours, it doesn't hurt me. I'm on an air cushion. My don't worry about my butt. Let me worry about my butt. Like, like yeah. <laughs> why is like, someone let else worry about the
1: things that you want to worry about? Right. Someone like that's not their problem. It's not. Right, but right,
2: right. and I've already proved the point, but now they're already coming back to me and saying, No, that doesn't work. No, it's not this think about something else. So you just let me go through two years of school, grueling school, to tell me that it's too physically demanding. You could have told me that when I was failing OB.
1: So I can think of a lot no. of
2: lazy ass coworkers
1: I've had that I would <laughs> much rather. I'm like, you are literally worthless. Like, please give me someone that is willing to work and is good at their job. Like, yeah. over your lazy asshole. Also, just,
0: okay, something that I thought was crazy on this while we're in this um, area of your life, you interviewed was it 76 times?
2: Was that correct? 76. Did I read that right? I'm like,
0: what? Oh my just clinical
2: just clinical placement so anything that would give me clinical hours because at first i really wanted to be like pick you certified peds like i'm gonna probably go on a crna school like i need all these hours in icu Mm -hmm, like i'm here thinking like okay i just need clinical placement and 76 interviews so if you think about how people get 76 interviews how many applications do you have to put in to get 76 callbacks. So I was getting callbacks for everything else. I was also getting callback for clinical, but 76 of them were particularly clinical placement. So that's hospital setting, like outpatient ambulatory or uh, outpatient care centers for post-op or ambulatory post-op. All of it. Didn't get anything until COVID happened. COVID happens. New York State puts out the call for retired nurses to come out of retirement to help hospitals or slammed and saying here's our hr number call hr if you have a license and that's what i did i called hr gave them my license number they called me back in three hours said you can can you come in the following day and i was like sure i get on the phone with my preceptor shameless plug for new nurse academy and she says to me remember what it says on every single business statement it says they're an equal opportunity employer so if they give you hell give them hell back and i was like Okay. okay got that like it was stuck in my head so went through training on epic three-day training the nurse educator was fine with me being there I'm like okay the ball hasn't dropped I have a job I get to the floor the ball hasn't dropped I'm on the floor I'm getting assignment and then the nurse manager comes upstairs and she's like I don't think you can be working on the floor have you ever worked on the floor before and I was like in clinical nursing school bitch (laughs) (laughs) I was like in clinicals and she's like I don't I think there might be an infection control it's COVID you may spread it to other patients and I said to her well the nurse educator didn't have a problem uh and I'm pretty sure you're an equal opportunity employer so if you have an issue go back and talk to HR and they can talk to me and she left me alone and I was just like "Ooh, ooh." Mm. So I had a job, clinically. It was great. Good. And I loved every minute of being on the floor versus everything that I've done since that. And well, no nurse COVID in COVID unit? will probably say that. I was COVID unit. <sighs> I did. <That's> <laughs> yeah. In New York. But so. it was the, yeah, it... in New York, in the Bronx.
1: <laughs> How long wow. did you get your one N95 for? Oh, God. <laughs> um,
2: I wore my N95 for a week in the prom paper bag like everybody else did. And then uh, I we got Yankee ponchos as our covers. <laughs> nice,
0: okay, right? All right we were, nice. we,
2: were st- we we were stylish as uh, instead of using regular gowns to cover up.
1: Yeah. Well, you guys were like the first like place
0: Big to get hit babe. here. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, we got That's we got hit. We got
0: sledgehammered. <laughs> Um, what so you worked during COVID and then let's talk about like the more recent transitions, like where, what have you been doing more recently? What's that been like?
2: Yeah, so I was a school nurse before COVID hit, and I went back into doing school nurse consulting. So for the private school sections, I just do their overview of like IEPs, talking to parents, and guiding LPN nurses that are new to the field. Uh, and then on the outside of that, I'm a assistant nurse manager right now in an outpatient primary care center and a lot of admin. I'm not the nurse manager that people hate. I'm the one that actually understands and can see the bigger picture and will wear scrubs every day to work. And, and literally if the schedule looks crazy, jump in and help, uh, and then stay five hours later to do admin work. But like I told you guys at the beginning of this, and this is coming out in two weeks. So it's literally going to hold. Me accountable. I said that I was going to put in my resignation no later than August twenty third.
0: <laughs> Go girl. Okay, we got get it.
2: One month.
1: <laughs> we did that too, though. We like yeah. kind of quit our jobs, yeah. but like, haven't really us done it, it yet. Yeah. But we like said it on the podcast. We're like, I guess we better really quit our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, what yeah, no. uh, What's the What's the plan then?
2: So the plan is to really focus on me, the seated nurse, and the branding of seated nurse, and my non-for-profit, which is the seated position, where I help other students who have uh, physical disabilities get into the STEM fields that they want to get into. So not just healthcare, but like engineering, mathematics, uh, making sure that we can get them the accommodations that they need, not only in a school setting, but also in a workplace.
1: That's amazing. I feel like... It's so lacking. I mean, just the fact that you're the first one in New York,
2: yeah. That's lacking. It is. Yeah.
0: Right. Right.
2: Absolutely. When we have stethoscopes like the Echo that can literally read you what you're listening to, (laughs) like we have all of these devices, and that's something that I hated with nursing schools. Like you never get taught about the technology that's out there that goes hand in hand with people's diagnoses or disabilities. You don't learn anything about the technology that's out there. So everything that you do know when you're coming out is everything that they can't or won't be able to do and what they should maybe stay away from doing. But you're never taught what they can do and what technology is out there for them to be able to do it. So the medical model literally says disability, bad thing, have to always help them. They're a failure. We messed up. So we kind of just want to turn a blind eye, just keep them good. And then the charity model is like, oh, they're always going to stay home and they're always going to need help and we're always supposed to help them. Whereas the self model is like, okay, no, we can do it. Technology's here. This is how we can make it happen. And and how do we make sure that that happens continuously?
0: Okay. We have a couple of questions we want to myth bust with you because you, like all of these things are resonating really hard with these. So what is something that you really want to myth bust about living with a disability? Like, let's go through a couple myth bust moments.
2: Yeah. So living with a disability doesn't synonymously mean that I'm sick. Like, it doesn't mean that I'm not healthy. I'm sitting in a wheelchair. I'm very healthy for my age and and my growth and all of it. Uh, So, yeah, not because I have a disability automatically means that I'm sick. And then for some it does, but it doesn't automatically mean that.
1: What are like some of the most common things that are just not disability friendly? Yeah,
2: let's go through everything. A of and things. that even like healthcare. Yeah,
1: right.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. let's, let's really think about the minority of disability. And I love this little like snippet. So I hope that people will love it too, is there are 1 billion persons in the world. Can you physically imagine what 1 billion looks like? Usually we can't. So, you know, 10 oranges will fill a salad bowl, 1,000 oranges will fill the back of a pickup truck, a million oranges would fill about a 12-foot pool, and a billion oranges would fill a stadium. Now, if you think about that in terms of people, uh, approximately 100,000 people with standing room can fill a stadium. If we were to fill every single stadium around the world with people to the max, we still wouldn't fill, like we would we would overfill and still wouldn't have room for for more people. And it's the fastest and largest growing minority in the world. And yet healthcare doesn't actually accept disability within its standards. Like it's like if we don't fix you, we can't fix you. So therefore, you're a burden to us. And therefore and always reminding us that we failed, which you didn't fail. Now you just need to work with technology, engineering and everywhere else to say we're going to get you to where we want you to be or where you want to be.
0: Yeah, some of the industries that you mentioned, and it's interesting because in terms of just thinking about how we can start moving the needle forward, like healthcare, entertainment, media, retail, food, hospitality, education, like these all just need a lot of updates. And how how do we start moving the needle forward? Like, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Having the conversation with people that are not normally at the table. Just have an open invite. Under, like, look at what is going on in healthcare. We have all these major shifts and changes and updates. But again, like, when you think about just the statement, the equal opportunity statement, if you are preparing for your workers, then you're going to be preparing for your clients. You're thinking about what life looks like. What is seven sick days to someone who has a chronic illness, right? What Mm -hmm. is seven sick days to a woman who's pregnant, who may be having like their, their, they're nauseous every, every two minutes and they need to take that time off or someone who suffers with vertigo or someone whose diabetes is uncontrolled, but they had it controlled three months prior. Like, what are these days meaning to people? We, we're we classic, we're classizing what sickness means and what disability means. And you can't, it's a billion people living in the world with disability and it's consistently growing. It's the fastest and largest growing minority in the world. We can't contain it. We can we just have to figure out how to live and if we don't understand that main part just how to live how to live excessively then then we're all doomed because we have the superhero complex and nothing's ever going to happen and we as nurses yeah. know that anything can happen
0: <laughs> <laughs> never say never and it, and it does right <laughs> yeah. never say never exactly you started a lot in advocacy which i think is amazing you were miss wheelchair new york I this, was. Is <laughs> this is
2: so it cool. Like... Like, let's take... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go back to that. I'm talking about that. It. it was like a, it's an advocacy pageant. So it was built around advocacy. My platform was life, liberty, and the pursuit of access, right? <laughs> trying That's to figure that. out, <laughs> awesome. stealing some words from the constitution. Um, <laughs> <you>. <laughs> but yeah, uh, when you think about what access looked like, for me, for someone who's sitting down with a disability, I'm constantly like, can I get into a bathroom? Can I get to someone's home? What does my home look like? How am I going to age in place? All the things, all the social detriments that we automatically think of anyway, but all that extra with a disability, how many steps are in my home? How, many, how am I going to visit family? How do I get those connections? And for someone with a disability, going to a restaurant can be an adventure because you're thinking about how the bathroom situation is set up. They'll say accessible on Yelp and then you get there and you can't even get into the bathroom, but you probably had like three margaritas with dinner, right? So like, how how do you incorporate, Final right? Like, how do you incorporate that social aspect to to disability when everything is inaccessible? And then when you really think about it, everybody can use an elevator, everybody can use a ramp, everybody can, can use some extra space, especially... We know that everybody wants the bigger stall in the bathroom, but there's all small stalls. There's only one bigger stall. There's hardly ever a ramp. There's hardly ever an uh, elevator, but we can all utilize that and it's not always accessible.
0: This is and gonna be a real bil- dumb question. Yeah. What? Okay, because in California, are there like regulations state to state on what is mandatory and what's not? Or is that not a thing? Or is that on the federal level? Right. So the
2: ADA is the federal level and that's like the yeah. basis. Like that's basic. Okay. We're talking 1990 basic. Right.
1: Is there any work going on to like update that yeah. at all? Right. Amend that?
2: I mean, a lot of the work always falls down on someone who already has the disability. So, you know, this is going to be one of those shows that's going to educate. And then someone else is going to probably be like, I want to be on top of that and, and push that forward. And it's going to be like, great. Yes. Thank you. Uh, join join the movement. Everyone wants to be an ally. The ally is really saying, this doesn't work. We need to make this better. And in healthcare setting, when a room is too small, when a bathroom isn't accessible for a patient, when there's nowhere for them to put their limb, their walker, their mobility device, uh, we should be documenting that. We should be writing those incident reports. We should be putting the hospitals accountable, the clinics accountable Why can't we get our patients up on the table? Why can't we get weights done? And we have to then fabricate them because we have to fill in our documentation instead of writing out an incident report like we can't give good care because it's not even considerate of their disability, right? And it is different for state to state. Like, California is completely different than New York. New York is completely different than Texas. So you kind of mentioned that in
0: one of your posts about um, just the surprising differences between where you live and then California. Can you break down a couple of things that like because you came out here and visited and you were like, I'm surprised about the lack of things going on here. And I really want to talk about it.
2: I think it's interesting. Yeah. Well, like I love L.A. I wanted to I was gun ho on moving to L.A. for the longest time. Yeah. And yeah. then I Trash. during the pandemic. I stayed for like. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I, for I don't us. know anymore.
0: <laughs> she's, she's Orange County L.A. It's, we have a we have a little mini rivalry.
2: Oh, man. I wanted to be in DTLA. So that's saying something. But DTLA before the pandemic. Not right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not right now. I mean, I guess it gives you a little New York vibes, but mm -hmm.
1: it's different. Yeah,
2: Yeah, it's it's way different. different. But just moving around, just the sidewalks are bigger, but you can't always find a curb cut. New York, the sidewalks are small and you can always find a curb cut. Yeah. But that was because like New York state was sued for curb cuts. Like mm. I thought that LA just being so inclusive was automatically going to have that.
1: And we love to sue out here. <laughs> You'd think. you think. Like, right. You get a lawsuit. You get for a lawsuit. Sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Everyone's welcome to a lawsuit, but that's just not how it works. And even just restaurants too like I thought everything was like more accessible more easy and that's just not the case out there either and I guess maybe I just know so much about New York I know all the ins and outs of where to go that it just made life easier I grew up here but no LA is harder like way harder even for the people that live out there
0: I'm just thinking, honestly, of even, like, our local restaurants and thinking about wheelchair access, and I 100% agree with you. I'm like, I don't – there's a lot of places in my head that I'm like, this is not – it wouldn't be suitable or it's not – it's frustrating. And now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, wow, yeah, we have a lot of work to do.
2: A lot of work. It's just a conversation. It's saying. It's remembering that at the end of the day, anything can happen at any given point in time, and how do we plan for that? How do we allow for our community to ensure that they're included and again if i didn't have a disability and i acquired a disability how am i accepted in the community right it's just basically what we're saying how do we accept other people in our community right when you watch tv are you seeing people with limb differences or you know someone talking about their chronic illness on a consistent basis and how they're working in their in their field are we seeing that in restaurants are we seeing that even in the storefronts like Malta or Macy's or the magazines that we read, even scrubs, scrubs. We can't even fathom a, ch- a nurse in a wheelchair, but out of all the scrub companies, who promotes people with differences in their scrubs? Mm-hmm. Like I, I did do um, an ambassadorship for a scrub company at one point, and I was like the the first time I've ever did that, that I was actually on their site. Like very few actually do that and actually perpetuate this this thought that someone with a disability can be in healthcare, whether they're a nurse, whether they're an MA, whether they're a tech, whether they're a doctor, like we're inclusive of you, come in, this is what we wanna see. Kind of how it feels also like when you acquire a disability and you don't know what life is gonna look like, how are you gonna know what life looks like if you don't even know, like you don't see it anywhere ever? Mm -hmm. It's hidden. Right.
1: Well, that's kind of my question about representation. Like, how do you feel about, okay, we see, this is my example, like Grey's Anatomy, because we've all watched that a million times Mm -hmm. and they do the whole thing where okay (laughs) Callie loses her limb or no Arizona sorry Arizona loses her limb in the plane accident and it's like okay I I get like you're starting to maybe try to represent that but couldn't you have just brought on a new character that actually was from within the community and have actual representation instead of paying someone to fake a disability right I, like I don't know it's like a, yeah it's like we, is that it's like
0: the cringe I, I, I that, get yeah. it
1: but it's like it, to me that misses the mark where I'm like you're you're giving someone like you're trying to oh look we're showing this representation but it's like you know you're not actually hiring someone from the community. actual community
2: mm-hmm. same thing like Glee oh, and yeah, the yeah. guy in the chair was he, was not a- like, he was able to walk around yeah and I mean it could be anything that they're faking, right? Any movie that we watch, we just give someone a crutch or a wheelchair that looks like it's from 1980 and we say, yeah, this is what life is like. But the stories aren't authentic. And like we said before, keep it real. Rip the band-aid off. Yeah. Like let it be let it be what it is so that people actually understand the life and can either one be an ally to help fix it. Or to have an understanding for themselves that that life goes on even when something bad happens. It's just how do you figure out and navigate that? Because there is a way to navigate it, not just what we're shown on TV. Kelly went through a whole, yeah, she went through a whole thing. But this is why we love everything you're doing,
0: right? Because it's like you're really platforming and you're talking about it and you're really sharing all your experiences. And that's why it's so invaluable. It's this is like, I think it's it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's like, hey, okay, we're here to learn. Um, You're here to educate and we need more. We need that voice. We need that presence. Absolutely. And this is why everything you're doing is fabulous. Thank you. I'm trying. (laughs) No, you're
1: killing it. With (laughs) LA sucking, because I can just say that, but you're like super well traveled. So where's been like your best place that you've traveled or like top couple places you've traveled that you felt were accessible versus like the bottom two or three?
0: That's a good question.
2: Um, I'm partial to America, so I'll say America. <laughs> uh I haven't been to Australia yet, so that's on the top of the list. They're supposed to be the most accessible country in the world. Mm. So Ooh. you know, jury's out on that one. I have to I have to get a flight over there soon. Topa trip. Let's go to Australia. Uh, <laughs> but what else? Like I just recently came back from Bali and I can't say that it's super accessible, but they, they make it work as much as they can make it work. Uh, and in terms of just not having to think like just life can happen, you're not really going to get that anywhere else in the United States. As much as we are way behind the eight ball, um, just basics, being able to get on a bus, being able to get on a train, being able to get, you know, to and from an airport in a taxi, uh, even if the taxi is the only taxi in that city and it's going to take you three hours, at least we have one, you know. Whereas other countries don't, and their idea of what accessibility looks like is very different than what the ADA has in place now. So I'm never going to bash my ADA like it's basic, and it's it can definitely update and, and be enforced. But other countries aren't even close. Aren't even at the basic. But at least level. we have. They, they're yeah, yeah, not yeah. there. Right. Right. They don't even have the infrastructure for it to, to start. Right. So, but I love traveling. I will go. I just need, you know, the trainer to come with me so he can lift me up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we love that for you. <laughs> Where have you been recently? What are your other, other favorite countries you've been to? You've been to Bali. Where else? Because okay, you, you've, so, you've been a lot of places. Girl, you've been traveling.
2: This year, yes, I went to... Uh, Cancun, I went to the Bahamas, and Bali this year so far. Mm -hmm. You're living it. Mm -hmm. Trying to go to Singapore and trying to go to Tokyo. Yes, I'm going to go to Tokyo next and go back to Singapore.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, back you've been?
2: So we'll see. So we were in Singapore for a layover going to Bali, and that was pretty cool. But we really just did like a taxi ride and and kind of just got got to observe, but want to go back and actually like experience. And it's just as humid as New York. So I know I can handle it. <laughs> I, I can't. We love
0: it. Moving into social media. Cause you, this is obviously how we found you and we've discovered you. We've been following you for a while now. What has that been like for you?
2: Social media is, it's fun. It's changing right now, right? The whole landscape of social media is changing to these videos. And I'm like, I don't want to watch all these videos. I just want to look at pictures and click. <laughs> and then if I want to listen to a podcast, listen to a podcast, but, uh, Social media is honestly where I felt the most at home in being vulnerable. Yeah. And that was because so many people saw when I started doing my interviewing, I was on interview 40, interview 54, interview 60, and gaining all of this support. You can do it. We're reaching out for you. Even nurses reaching out from like across the country telling me like they would love to work with me was the support that I needed from the outside because when you're in the thick of interviewing or getting rejection it is hard to keep going so for all those nurses and all those people that sent me messages on social media like while I was going through this rejection after rejection you guys were the ones that actually helped me to keep going because I really wanted to give up at one point who wants to be in a profession that doesn't want you and is proving every day that they don't want you. And then you have all of these other people who are like, no, we do want you. We're sorry that this is happening. How do we best support? So, yeah, social media has been the, the amazing it's community. It's been growing and happy. Oh, yeah. it, And you can definitely find best friends online. I don't totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah Sam. Both of us. I'm yeah. like, I yeah. made
1: like these like best, like sometimes I'm like, we've been friends for years before we actually meet. But I'm like, we talk every day. Yeah hate on social media so much exactly. but it know, like connects but... like that's how we connected with you so yeah. yeah i don't know absolutely well like let's talk about your baby though like the nonprofit, the seated position yeah let's get like, it that. like yes. what how'd you start like starting a non just seems very daunting and overwhelming itself. like yeah where to even start and how to navigate
2: that and i got nationally recognized for being the only nurse in a chair working during COVID on a COVID ICU unit. So I, I had won the Craig H. Nielsen Visionary Prize Award. And it's like the Nobel Prize Prize for the disability community, spinal cord injury community particularly. And it's a million dollar grant that has no strings attached to it. And I took that grant, literally finished my master's degree and then started, well, before I finished my master's, I started the seated position because I didn't like the fact that people were still being told no. No, you can't join nursing school. No, you can't get into mathematics. No, you can't be a chemical engineer. Why not? Like, what is why are these barriers still here? And how do we navigate them? And I also realized that a lot of schools, like higher education, doesn't actually understand what the accommodations mean for someone with a physical disability. Right. They understand what it means for someone with like mental challenges, maybe like ADHD. Needing a writer or a scribe if you have like some type of hand impairment, but when you are in a physical chair and you have the capability and the mental capability to be able to get through a class, they don't understand what accommodations mean when it comes to pouring liquid nitrogen under a hooded vent. Like they're they're like, how do we get this person to do this? Why does someone else have to be able to do it for them? Can or is it allowed for them to be speaking them through every single step? And I'm like, yes, you can definitely speak someone through every single step. That's what 911 does when someone's unconscious. Your 911 operator is literally walking you through every single step and everything to do until extra hands can arrive. Why doesn't that happen in nursing? Why doesn't that happen in any other field where you right. can literally walk a nurse through everything and you can be a nurse yourself, but you're being told no because your mind doesn't think past what it sees? I see a disability, I know you can't walk, so therefore you can't do this, but that doesn't equate. So my nonprofit literally focuses on the accommodations that you need to be able to access STEM programs. And then I also partnered with another company called uh, Access Project here in New York. And Access Project is a fully accessible gym. Uh, We don't think about gyms being accessible, but it's a fully accessible gym all of the equipment has been adapted so that anyone in the community can have a membership or go through their insurance for therapy or PT or OT and use our facility for that oh, for their awesome. for their gym needs. Where so, is that located? Yeah, it's up in Harlem. It's on 113th, okay. one thirteenth one one sixteenth. we didn't open our doors yet. We had three locations prior to COVID, and then. COVID hit and closed everything down. Mm. So we're opening up a new place.
0: (laughs) If someone wants to get involved with your nonprofit, like how do we get, how do they get involved? Like where, what's the best way
2: to start, you know, or things that people can maybe start doing? Yeah, so you can either reach out to me on uh, the seated com. Uh, I have, you're able to send me an email. My team is amazing at being able to get back to people. Shoot me an email if you want to come out. If you're an OT, a PT, a nurse that just wants to be hands-on and, and see how to work with different disabilities uh, in a very active environment, we welcome you. We always welcome volunteers. We host big events like uh, when life, life Rolls On comes into York, they're LA-based, Uh, We do a big surfing event where we get people with disabilities out into the ocean. We just had a rock star event with uh, people with disabilities doing uh, skating or or drop-ins and using their chairs. So that's been really cool. Uh, So, yeah, we're always looking for hands to want to be able to learn and help and and see a different way of what disability means. What
1: are you guys kind of like working on with the nonprofit right now? Like, do you have any like... Active things in the works?
2: So I have been working a lot on, so with the BLS, uh, everyone has to know how to do CPR yeah. and nursing, but the Red Cross actually approved a walkthrough BLS certification that no one knows about. Oh, it, oh Only 3000 people have been signed up and, and registered on that end. And I've been doing a major push to all of the nursing schools and all of the PT schools, because this is, is something that affects a lot of different programs in healthcare. So I've been reaching out to the schools particularly about uh, the Red Cross BLS CPR uh, walkthrough uh, certification so that they understand that they can get that certification and be in their program and, and meet the requirements that are being asked for when they say you need to know how to do CPR. Mm-hmm. You don't physically have to have to be able to do it. You need to be able to walk someone through it.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, something that I really, really loved and really resonated when I was looking through your social media is the relationship with your mom. It seems like very, very, very special. Can you speak to that a little
2: bit? Yeah, mama is I'm her twin. Yeah, you're <laughs> like so cute. literally I, I look exactly so I look exactly like her. I love her. Um over the years we've gotten closer. When I was younger I rebelled a lot because she was being protective mama and I was like, I don't care, I'm staying out till three o'clock in the morning, even if the bus isn't accessible. Okay. Like She's Whatever. Like, you, know, you are stressed. So much anxiety. Out. I used to not have a car and I would travel to school and then I want to stay out and drink beer like a regular college kid in the afternoon, right? In the evenings we go out and stay out until like midnight and I don't have a bus that's accessible. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um that was the rebel of me, giving her a heart attack. And now, you know, I bring her along with me to a lot of my speaking engagements or a lot of my empowerment talks. We just came back off of um, nurse con in April and she was my assistant and mom just rocked it. She really saw uh, what she thought was a hindrance in nursing and how much I actually opened the door and it kind of gave her a different sense of who I was becoming or who I am right now. And mom has definitely been the backbone. She, She knows everything that I've been through. I think I'm closer with my siblings than my mom because my siblings just get me. But my mom just knows. Mm -hmm. She's got the intuition. She's the one that's like, she didn't eat for 12 hours. You're going to get hangry in a minute. (laughs) Like, feed her. She's the one that, like, got me through the crowds. Uh, Every time she's my assistant, she's the one that's, like, got the water and snacks ready because she knows how I get. And That's the support we all need. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, The one that brings the food and the water, right? (laughs) And, And to be like, we got it. How many siblings do you have? So, yeah. No. I have three other siblings. I have an older half, a younger sister, a older half sister, a younger half, a younger sister who's the middle, and then my younger brother.
1: Do any of them work in healthcare? or?
2: No. No. Like mm-hmm. they, they see what I went through. They're like, no. <laughs> they stayed away. It's <laughs>
1: funny because I feel like we see so many patients and families and it's like some people go strictly into healthcare because their sibling was a chronic patient right. of this or like my sister's a pediatric oncology nurse and they get so many people that come back because their sibling had like yeah. so or it's interesting. Or it's like the yeah. opposite where people are just like, yeah. That's whole healthcare system is a total sham. Mm-hmm. Like, I want nothing to do with it. I right. feel like
2: you kind of yeah. go either way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mine was the whole healthcare system's a total sham. Like mm-hmm. my my siblings, my family, they saw when I had crap health insurance to no insurance care, and then with insurance good insurance care and they they know the difference and they're like no stay away stay far away do you have any good piece of pieces of advice for the selfie
0: audience just something maybe like a life motto or something they can take away with
2: yeah I kind of touched on this before where I said like everyone else's no is not your no your no is when you're like absolutely not and, and you know what your boundaries are and your yes is always dependent on you and no one else. So never take someone else's yeses for your own. You have to be really convicted in your own yes and keep going. Forget everything else. Cancel out the noise and just <sighs> listen that. to yourself. I'm obsessed. Put who the blinders like on, your baby. Biggest
1: kind of, I mean, aside from your mom, who I feel like just instilled such a strong, like, advocacy in yourself to advocate for yourself and now advocating for others but aside from her is there anyone growing up or through like your career that's really been like a source of inspiration or role model to you
2: yeah so the reason why I even went back to school in the first place like after everything that happened uh with my loss and surgery and everything else uh was George Gallego he is the head of wheels of progress I met him in New York at a photo shoot and he was like, well, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't go back to school. <laughs> so I went back to school and decided nursing school and I couldn't pay for my last semester of school. And I just did a GoFundMe and I was like short and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for school. Uh, and he bankrolled my final semester of school. Uh, and he was like, don't pay me back, pay it forward. And that's what I've been doing ever since. And he's a mentor and a partner to this day. Like he literally has been one of those sound boards that when something doesn't sound right, something's off, something I'm trying to work through, think through, he's the first person that I call to problem solve.
1: So, yeah. Okay. Definitely. We want to have a little fun, a little yeah. rapid fire. These are like short answer. Yep. Like some, mm-hmm. some of them are a little bit longer. So just, <laughs> just one to as little words as possible. Just rapid fire questions. All right, here we go. Got it.
0: Uh, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? New York killing
1: it mm-hmm. um if you could have like coffee or like a cocktail with any historical figure like dead or alive who would it be
2: Ooh, oprah oh it's oprah weird. let's go to oprah's master class <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: i wish i
1: was gail oh
0: my god right <laughs> just tag along for a while. oh yeah
1: i, I don't want to be oprah but i just want to be gail yeah, like yeah. a little under the under the yeah. radar yeah. but, but, but all the are... perks all the oprah yeah, perks
0: yeah yeah so. yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, favorite cocktail. Ooh, Moscow Mule. Mm. Favorite cuss word. Ooh, fuck. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Everyone like just just fuck off. Yeah. Just yeah, no, that's that's the worst. So of many choice.
1: different contexts to use it in. <laughs> like fuck you, fuck off. What the <laughs> fuck are you fucking oh, fuck? kidding fuck. me? Fuck. It's, yeah. a <laughs> it's a exactly. verb. <laughs> it's a noun. It's a pronoun. Noun. It's, it's guys.
0: Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh <my> god. <laughs> so it's versatile. <laughs> 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 if you won 10 million dollars
2: tomorrow, how would you spend it? Ooh, it's like hitting the lottery again. Um 10 million, I think I'm going to focus on me this time. I think I'm going to like get a condo. And like uh spend a year. Yeah, there you go. That's all you're getting. That's
0: all you're getting. Imagine
1: condo in New York, ten million. (laughs) Self care. Yeah. Can't even cover can't even cover the escrow fees. It's just the
2: No, no no taxes, no nothing. Just that. Yeah. Um Biggest pet peeve. Oh, close minded people in general. Just you don't have to agree. You don't have to disagree, just just be open-minded. If you're closed-minded, just keep it moving. Yeah, You can't have a right conversation.
0: There. Biggest flex.
2: Biggest flex. I'm a nurse. I'm the only nurse in New York City on wheels. So oh, like, yeah. I love you're oh, drop. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Run and tell that. Okay.
1: Um, Like, last meal. Like, death row. Favorite last meal.
2: Ooh, mashed potatoes. Cool. Like, I know that okay, sounds but you crazy, get, like, but a that's whole whole like... Meal. Yeah, like, food. what else are you, else can you can getting with those mashed potatoes? Oh, yeah. like...
0: What, what are else are you getting? Three course Last baby. meal. Like, what are you What are you doing? <laughs> like, you, you
1: even get dessert. <laughs> oh,
2: okay. Okay, okay, okay. Mom's mashed potatoes. Okay. Like, What's hands down. We're going to get a shepherd salad from Opera in Brooklyn oh, on Emmons okay. Avenue because okay. shepherd salad is. Wait, ooh, what is what that? There's the best. I don't it? care. What know. What What's is in that? it? What's in it? So, it's the tomatoes, cucumber, um, they have dill and, like, I don't know what their seasonings are, but it's completely different than what's online. And an olive and feta cheese on top.
0: Ooh,
2: okay. Yeah. Okay. Very, very good. Their shepherd salad is to die for.
1: Okay. Shepherd salad, mashed potatoes. Anything else? Are you full already? Come yeah.
2: On. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm, no, hold we're going to go to Morton's and we're going to get that filet. Okay.
1: <laughs> and okay. then. Okay. I think
2: we're going to get that filet medium, not well, don't kill a filet. And then uh, creme brulee as dessert perfect. from the Smith in Brooklyn. What are you drinking? Mm-hmm.
0: For Moscow Mule. Moscow Mule? Moscow Mule. Yeah,
2: okay, mm-hmm. done. Moscow Mule. <laughs> <out> feeling good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Moscow Mule. And we can do two shots on the side of that.
0: Okay, okay perfect. All right, it. there we go. <laughs> What is your favorite color and what does it say
2: about you? I don't know what the color actually says about me, but my favorite color is green. I love green. If you ask George, he'll say it's because it's the color of money and I chase money. And I was like, that's not true. Like, he's like, that's a lie because you're looking for other jobs all the time. And I was like, I'm looking for jobs that make me happy. (laughs) If they come with the extra K at the end, that's great happy and money is like a nice perfect perfect
1: right we
2: love that i think i think that green represents that right because green is growth green is money green yes. is green can be happy green is so growth. why not like, yeah
1: my green. my plant just my fiddle has a new leaf on it it's <gasps> yeah, been dying it has its first oh, new leaf. and i was like okay. oh this just happened today this is good this off is the is press good. guys yeah, this is good yeah, luck, yeah, is green, good luck. Is, see? green is growth it is
2: done Green is growth. You it. are growing. Mm-hmm. You are
1: just like starting to crush it with all of. The- I'm I'm excited for your resignation.
0: Go, yeah, good, send that email. Very happy for you. No, I'm like really excited <laughs> to see what you do in this it, space. Because yeah, what's coming up? Like, what are some big things that you're working on? And some other than like you know, I mean, you're doing all the things, but what's coming up?
2: So some bigger things, like I said, we're opening up the space finally for Access Initiatives, Access Project, which I'm partnered with in New York. So we're opening up the physical space, getting through some last minute inspections. Uh, I have some big talks coming up, like University of Michigan's coming up. So some keynote talks that I'll be doing soon. Do you get nervous public speaking? All the time. Oh, all the time. My stomach is in knots all the time
1: it's mm-hmm. funny well because you're the very like, well spoken
2: was- and have like a very
1: good presence but yeah. it's always interesting to get like people's kind of like it's always funny that i feel like the people that go out there and kill it the most are the ones that are backstage like almost ready to throw up and they go out there and they're <laughs> so calm so well spoken
2: it. It. we go, <laughs> me oh. that is me i can tell you that before uh my talks for nurse con it was like 5,000 nurses That's on that ship, right? Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, I I was I was behind stage, like I'm hot, I'm sweating. like, they're going to hate me. I don't even know my words. I wasn't even finished with like my, my templates like day before. I was just like, oh my God, this is the worst. And then afterward, it was just everyone was coming up and saying it was great. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for the feedback. And I'm like, I thought I killed it. Like, I thought I like killed it, but like no, also thought it. that I bombed it. So <laughs> <laughs> like killed it.
1: That's Are you going amazing. to nurse con again next year?
2: uh I should be in DR. Oh, that's in February. Yeah, the end of February. Yeah, we're going to the February one. Because the April we're one trying. is while we're in we're Bali. To say, we're, making yeah. okay. we're making a yeah, goal. We're making a goal. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I've been to the Bahamas. I'm like, I've never been to the DR. I've never been to Dominican Republic. I've yeah. been to the Bahamas. And then that's when we're in Bali. So we had Nurse Blake on, and yeah. he was like, oh, yeah, you guys want to do like Try a live taping at the DR one? We're like, uh absolutely
2: yay mm-hmm. oh my god We're making we gotta
1: like little. collab yeah, do yeah, something
2: I'm so excited. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm so excited. Cool. okay dr <laughs> oh my goodness yeah and a shot on
1: shots i love that we get to connect with people that are all the way across the country because of technology but it's like sucks because it's like you're someone i totally just want to like chill with and have a drink with in person yeah so yay now i'm excited
2: Oh, it's going to happen. It's okay. It's going to happen. That resignation is happening and I'm just going to okay. probably end up in Okay, queen.
1: Well,
0: before the end yeah, of the
1: year. hit mm-hmm. us up. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, okay. Where can everyone find Got you? It. All the platforms,
2: all the things. Pimp yourself out. Yeah. So I am the seated nurse. I'm on, it's the same all across the board. So if you really have a hard time, you can just type it into Google, the seated nurse or Andrea uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. All the things. I think I called. Oh, Facebook. Did I say that one? Yeah, <laughs> all of them. There you go. <laughs> go for it. We love Find me. Message things. me. Well, thank
1: you so much for coming on. This was like <laughs> so you. hard because we were like sitting here, like, oh, like we want to talk forever. I know. We <laughs> know we're like, no, we love you. you no, know it's already late yeah, over
0: there. So, <laughs> but thank you for your time. Yeah, absolutely. You are fabulous. We adore you. We can't wait to meet you. Yes. Now I got super excited.
2: I can't wait. No, we'll be in yes. touch for sure. Oh, and DR. And yeah, it'll be Ooh. fun. fun. <laughs> Thank you so much, Andrea. <laughs> it'll be hot. It'll be nice. Oh, that humidity. Yes. Have a great one, guys. I actually just like, want to travel with her. I'm so Ooh. jealous. Of all the- <laughs> like
1: She's been everywhere this year.
0: What a queen. What a queen. Such- that was such an amazing episode. I just, I don't know. I feel like I just love learning from people. And she's just one of the most inspirational people that we've had today. I just absolutely adore her. Yes.
1: Definitely check out her nonprofit because I so in awe of anyone that can actually start their own nonprofits. Yeah, it's
0: amazing absolutely and thank you so much you guys for being here with us as always make sure you're following us on our insta that's at c-e-l-l-f-i-e underscore podcast you can find all the goodies there linked in the bio for you
1: and please like always drop those five stars on spotify and when you leave a review on apple Podcasts, leave your ig handle and we
0: will be reaching out to you to send you free goodies absolutely and click those five stars on spotify we love you guys and thank you and make sure you're following us on our insta that's at nurse and at his with two
1: a's and stay tuned for bonus.
0: Ooh, ooh, let's go Bye.